Keep your finger on the pulse of the financial industry with Finteract, an online community of forward-thinking financial advice professionals. Finteract is your digital hub to stay on top of trends, start conversations, connect with fresh perspectives, and gain valuable insights from peers. No sales pitches, just a collaborative, members-only community to help you maintain a growth mindset, inspire others, and learn new ways to propel your business forward. Apply to join at Finteract.net. Welcome to an industry in transition, the must-listen-to podcast for financial advisors and industry leaders from Tony Sirianni, the CEO and publisher of Advisor Hub, where we explore the week's news and events and put our ever-changing business into perspective. Tony is joined each week by industry leaders, mavericks, and disruptors who give their take on our industry and their thoughts on where we are headed. If you want to remain relevant, you can't miss it. Now, here's your host, Tony Sirianni. Welcome, everyone, to the Tony Sirianni Podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled to have uh, Libet Anderson again as our guest. Hello, Libet. How are you? Hello. I am well today. Well, that's good. And we've also talked about my shirt a little bit. It is not gray. It is, it's a hound's tooth, but just is not coming up because of the, the fabulous blue color I think I have in my office. It's so. the problem with the new world. You don't know until you get on camera and you look at yourself and say, ooh, you know, that's not my <laughs> best. You, know, you don't have that problem. I have that problem every week. So this is a constant, constant source. So how how are how are you guys doing? Um, you know, given look, we're still we keep thinking that the volatility is going to end. This is going to mm -hmm. end. That's that's going to end. Um, and I know you love being in the field. So right, how are, you, how, how are your uh, advisors holding up? They are holding up well. It was uh, exciting a couple of weeks ago. We got to take about 120 people or so to the um, Park Hyatt Aviera in San Diego, really Carlsbad, um, for an elite producer event. It was a spouse invitation, like kind of that yeah. once a year. And it's a great time to share, just to catch up. Uh, a lot of our financial professionals and their spouses have spent years going to these events together. Their kids yeah. know each other. It's a great time to catch up. And I will say it's really pleasant when you go and there are not these burning issues of like, when are you going to fix this? You know, yeah, it was yeah. a lot of good camaraderie. There's always stuff we're working on. There's always things there um, want to know about, but it was a great time to hang and to learn about the things that they're looking for, how the markets are helping them or hurting them, depending on their, their business model. But many, many of them feel empowered by where business is today. Um, a lot of them looking, it's interesting, they're either in the succession planning mode of where am I headed, what's my plan, yeah. or they're looking, you know, to acquire. So we've got both phases here. We've been around a long time and, and we're seeing, you know, young people come in and we're saying, okay, let's talk about who's in your market and who we might connect you with. And people who are starting to say, you know what, I didn't quite figure this out yet, but I need to pretty soon. So it's really you, fun to you, play. You, you managed, you, you've managed as a, as president to, um, you know, st stay involved with them in the terms, terms of their, their, their journeys on succession, you know, and right. how has that changed over the last few years? We try to stay involved. And I think it's about letting them know we're here to help. Right. We we're objective, right. In that process, obviously we hope to keep assets here makes it's obviously good business, but we're always trying to make sure, depending on what they're looking for, either as an acquirer or a seller, that we're, we're matching them up well and that we are looking for 
um, the right practice. Um, you know, our 450 financial professionals are all independent contractors. So that means I have 375 brands, right? 375 different ways of doing business and, and they have some alignment, but not others. And so we try to play matchmaker. We try to get in there and say, okay, this actually looks like it will be a really good fit for you. Or sometimes you have somebody who has been a rep as PM, I've been that guy and the name's on the door. And I know that maybe isn't the highest valuation or that I should be doing a little more from a third party manager place. And so maybe that helps them start to work with another team who has developed that expertise. And now they slowly transition away from, you know, a solo practitioner kind of more into a team environment. Yeah. I mean, so it's, there's a broad spectrum, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, of the type of help they need, but you, you got to kind of, like you said, keep an eye on 375 <laughs> <Right>. different, <laughs> different ideas. Yeah, yeah. Different it was brands. interesting in San Diego. One of the things I noticed and then I talked about um, in our in our meeting out there was that we had, I want to say, uh, maybe 10 or so teams where multiple people this year had qualified to attend. In one case, a team actually had four people all make the qualification uh, status. So that was somewhat new to me. We've had a lot of solo practitioners and it was fun to see not only is that, you know, that name we've always known uh, there, but also their their associate um, is now getting uh, at that level as well. So that's a good sign. Oh, a great sign, you know, and, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of firms, you see sort of the evolution of the marketplace, you know, on the independent side. So I'm seeing a lot of firms that were sort of, you know, you know, they were doing some, some kind of hybrid model or something that was sort of based off where the, where the wires were, were sort of very top down, you know, and, and bringing advisors in and helping them get settled uh, to now they, you know, almost all of them have this opportunity for advisors to plug in, you know, mm -hmm. plug into our platform and do it, which is difficult to manage, but that's something that you've been doing obviously, you know, for years. And I should say, I don't, I don't think we said concourse yet, but pre right. president of concourse, yeah, we should probably mention that, but yeah, that you've been doing for years, but it's, it's, uh, you know, people are catching on that. That's, that's, that's a good way to sort of bring people, bring independent advisors to a, to a firm. Correct. And I think, yes, for concourse financial group securities, formerly known as pro equities, have been around since 1985 so we did we did leave that little bit out um but yes we're, we're also focused now on their their next succession plan and additionally one of the things we were successful at last year and are now making it a, a regular routine is also bringing in their their sales assistant so we all know how critical they are to the business and they need their own network. They need their own people to connect with and their own community. And so we are bringing them back in in September. And that's not common in the independent channel. It's really hard to do. It's hard to pull off. We require some of our strategic partners helping us there. But yeah. bringing them in for a two-day event where they get to share best practices, they get to understand because a lot of them are out there by themselves. And sometimes when I say, oh, you're the only one doing it that way, they say, what? You know? <laughs> well, no, yeah, and, and not only that, but they get to meet the home office folks that they're right. interacting with all the time. So that right. that can't that can't but help you know move business forward for these larger teams. It is. It's good for the connection, and they talk to them a lot. But even though you and I do more things on video, and leadership has a lot of video calls, client services operations they don't. They're doing their thing, and they talk to them a lot. But getting that physical and face to face interaction is critical. So. 
Um, you know, we have our practice management conference that every other year is here in Birmingham. Um, that way they get to make and keep those connections and then we're bringing them in together so they meet the home office. So just trying to close that loop and make sure we've all got those good relationships built. Well, that's interesting because, you know, a question I often ask people, you know, like, especially like during COVID and all this, and you, you seem to be answering it here, is how, how do you maintain a culture? How do you keep a firm, you know, together when you've got 375 brands coming to you and 450 advisors? How, how do you, right. how do you get the camaraderie? So the culture from the home office has to be consistent. So yeah. what we're doing for them is, and, and we have a thing called Bravos, where when a somebody from the home office goes above and beyond, then the people out in the, in the field, the financial professionals themselves, their admins, anybody on their team, they have a link on our intranet and they write up a Bravo. And that almost feeds on itself, right? So there is this culture of, we are what I think is a very good sized firm with 450 financial professionals, let's say 90 or so um, home office employees. We have a very high ratio of support, yeah. um, but we get to know them and we know their practice. And so they know us as well. So what we try to do now is I know who you are. You're not a number. I want to make sure you feel strongly enough about the service I did and the extra steps I went to write that Bravo. So it, it does make for those strong, uh, strong connections. You know, I think I think that's great. And and that plus the trips, plus right. coming to the home office, they you keep a culture, I think, you know, vibrant that way. Right. Which is, which is great. Um we talked a little bit when we were uh you had some 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 stuff coming out that um in my mind feeds into sort of again another opportunity in in the marketplace, which is doing some of the holistic planning, right? And some of the, you know, how how do you so you had talked about a you have a desk or a, a help help me out with this you're roll, rolling out this new this this new resource. It's been around for a while and more people are are starting to recognize it. But because we are owned by an insurance company, we're open architecture, but we are owned by Protective Life, who in turn is owned by the one of the largest insurers in Japan, Daiichi. Um, but we have a sister company that is a BGA, um, was originally First Protective, is now Concourse Financial Group yeah. Agency. And because we work closely with them where our advisors want to, we realize this gap in that a lot of times people in the industry start and they do very well on the insurance side. And then it's almost like when they get a little bit busier and bigger the wealth management side is cooler or more interesting and they sort of leave that alone and they forget about that piece. And so um, what we've noticed is a number of REAs are very interested, not so much in going back into that world and, and relearning it, but really outsourcing. Yeah. It has to be an objective group, right? You have to say, I'm not touching the client. I am here to give you objective advice about the protection side. Because if you're not protecting what you're accumulating, we've got, we could have a big problem, right? Yeah. So. We've got a group um, because of our affiliations um, that is very well versed and has a lot of deep expertise, whether it's advisory or commission, um, and they can help you there. So we are starting to see some traction with that. It's relatively new. I'm excited about where it can go, but it does it does close that hole. We call it holistic planning, and yet most plans have holes in them. And so um, we're trying to we're trying to close that gap and provide an OID, an outsourced insurance desk. Um, partnered a lot with FedEx to help us get that done, um, but also direct through us. So we're excited about where, where that can go. Well, so am I, because I, you know, I'm always, 
I'm not sure why, because when I started in the business I'm 100 years ago, uh, we used to have an insurance guy come around the office, you know, was, was encouraging. And, and I don't know how you do a, a financial plan or any kind of estate plan without insurance. I'm not sure it can be done, mm-hmm. you know, properly without insurance. So to to not participate in that, you know, and then also from a business standpoint, you're, you're running a business. Why would you only do one side of the balance sheet? You're not doing the other side of the ledger. You're not doing the protecting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I don't get it. I agree. And I think people have paid lessons for that. But um, what we're trying to do is, is say, you don't need to go back and get those licenses. Again, a lot of people dropped them. They said, hey, I'm over here, advisory, everything is fee only. Um, and so they felt like they couldn't do that business. So partly it was a, an idea of, I can't do it because now I'm over here. And, uh, but yet you can, and you can outsource it to an objective source. Uh, there's ways to get that done and find the expertise and so we're dedicated to, to filling that gap and working with uh, RIAs that are looking for that um, that space. Well, it's a, you know it's a, it's an enormous opportunity to you know drive revenue for the team and help the clients and do all that stuff. I mean, just right. crazy crazy to you know ignore it. Now we just um, have to find the RIAs that need us, right? So right, that's all. <laughs> hey, how are you? How are we speaking of which finding the RIAs? How, what do you think about the current recruiting environment? What's going on there? You know, it's really interesting. I, I, I um, so back to when we were talking about succession planning, it, yeah. it is, I really realize when you start to look back and say, where have we been successful in our recruiting efforts and where have we not? And that's also important to always look at. Um, we've been ex- successful from a relationship standpoint. It is almost always going to be a connection from somebody in the end, somebody you interact with, right? It is a matchmaking game. It's so it's so personal, limit, right? I mean, right. advisors take their books personally. They're they're friends with their clients. It's so right. very hard to you know eliminate that from the equation. Completely. So they, I, so I mean, I used to send personally. Yeah, I used to send Christmas cards, just my personal cards, to a lot of my clients back when I was in the business in that way. Not not over here. Um, and so what we're realizing is that it really is more matchmaking and it really is more about finding um, the right connection and the right firm for you. But the trick is think about matchmaking these days. Fortunately, um, I've not had to go that route. I'm happily married, but a lot of people have to and have done that successfully. A lot of people have horror stories, but you know, when you think about it, you know, some firms are out there almost like that guy on the dating app or the girl on the dating app whose picture was high school and now she's 60 and you know, they're putting stuff up there that's not real. Um, right. And unfortunately that's true as well. And it should be more about those ones where there's more of an extensive process of going through questions and who really are you and what's your practice about and where are your gaps or needs for resources so that we can pair you up, right? I have certain resources. Not it's all. about it's about saying no, right? right? As much as yes, because you, you, I mean, somebody wants to come to your platform, but you know they're a ten million dollar a year muni producer. It's probably not the best platform for them. <laughs> you want you want you want them to be happy at the end of the day, and you want to be able to service, you know. Correct. Except account, I actually so. have a fixed income desk. So in that example, oh so maybe that's a bad example. We're but the point is somebody. Correct. But I don't have an equity desk, right? So the yeah. old school stock jockey that wants research and wants to you know, um, have that firm that's supporting them building their own stock models, not us, right? So we do have resources, financial planning resources are are deep, advisory resources, practice management. I call it practice maximization because they really do dig in and try to get to know those 375 brands, spend time with them, understand where their gaps are. And a lot of times 
you know, this is the trick in the independent channel. It's, it's communication. They don't know that we rolled out a new tool. They don't know that we added some other efficiency within our tech stack. They so, don't. So, so my question to you all is, well, how, how, how do you deliver those resources to the field? And you're talking about communication, right? That's, that's right. part of the key, but that, that would be my question. We have all this great stuff. So uh, maybe it even goes back to the culture of bringing everybody into the, you know, making sure the, the associates get in-house and the advisors get in-house. But, but how do you keep them abreast of everything? How do you let them right. know? Yeah, because in the private client channel, I used to be there. It's really nice. You kind of have a little phone tree, right? Yeah. You have a regional manager, a branch manager, a sales manager. Right. You know, it, right. It's right. so much easier and you push out a com communication and it works its way down. Yeah. Um, not so much in this channel, right? So unfortunately, what you have to do is everything. So we have you know, a weekly digest. We have an advisor portal where they log in every day. We know that if they have to log in somewhere to see their, their uh, commission run, you know, we're going to put yes, some and that's a good spot because yeah. <laughs> they're going to go there. Um, and so we try to make it as easy as possible. We have once a month Friday forums. We have quarterly call outs. We have, you know, we try to find every way possible to make sure they're aware, including this yeah. practice management team. What's nice now is that we've built some technology efficiencies in our business. So I have more people today that can be proactive with those brands versus reactive. It yeah. used to be we were spending so much time just inputting data and moving, you know, um, an account through the system manually that now that the system is doing it, we're opening 90% of our accounts in three hours, 50% to 60% are not being touched. It's a bot. Um, once the OSJ has looked at it, it's moving through the APIs and the data transfers. Um, and so that allows us to free up some brain power, some energy, and some people are excited now to move away from that world to be in this more proactive. I can reach out and make sure they know that we added this technology and that we've got this new resource or this capability. Yeah, I mean, it is a, um, I think that's interesting to say you got to do it all because you do. There really isn't a, there really isn't a, you know, an easy answer, you know, for all that. And, and that brings up the, the idea, another idea that we talked about was efficiencies. Right. right. And so both both the firm and the so let's continue that conversation because I think that's interesting. And I'm I'm a freak about efficiencies and, and oh. uh, we're constantly looking for new ones. I, in a good in I, a good way, in a good way. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't always think that efficiencies mean that everything has to be faster, uh, even yeah. though I like to run fast and talk fast and all of that. Um, but I think it sometimes is about being able to what take away manual things, take away things that are repeated. So there are certain things that are going to show up on my calendar. Today's August 1st, right? There are things that are going to pop on my calendar today because once a month I have routines that I have to do, yep. right? Same with quarterly, semi-annual and annual. And this is personal and, and professional, right? I have things at home that tell me when to change the, the air filter and, you know, things like that that are just set on autopilot, notes in your phone, reminders. We actually get together periodically um, as a team and talk about efficiencies. How do you remind yourself to do this or that? You'd be surprised at what people don't know about that's either on their phones or on their you know, technology that they use today. So, and, and then they learn things from each other about ways you can do that. We've, we've brought a tremendous amount of efficiencies to our office this year. Um, well, it took the last three years of moving into new technology that's all electronic and you know, they're opening the accounts online e-signature where it's appropriate. And that frees up time and that frees up energy because they're not dealing with NIGOs. We have a, historically, we've got our lowest NIGO rate ever. I think we got down to 8.3%. Um, mm. 
which I think it was about 15, you know, just a year ago, the same time frame. So huge. And that's a lot, you know, there's a lot no, of people. I know it's a lot, you know, there's a just a quick story. When I worked at a, a fund, you'll appreciate this, worked at a fund company and, you know, mutual fund trade, same day, everything happened, but annuities took like two days and, right. and no one could figure out why you had to carry a ticket, bring it over to this person's desk. And then we just take, so eventually you started following it around. And, and what happened was, you know, five years ago, the person who used to do it was unfortunately very ill. Right. And so you, we still put stuff on her desk, even though she wasn't there anymore. And then uh, some assistant from another thing would every once in a while, twice a week, go down and pick them up because that's what you did for five years when this person was sick. Still yeah. did. So there was just nobody. I mean, we just continue doing the same thing because right. somebody was sick five years ago. I, so, right. And I originally got insurance license. I got originally securities and insurance license in Vermont. I went to college up there and, uh, we were getting people through the pipeline and, and it started to happen where we thought some people get their licenses pretty quickly and some people take a long time. And so speak about efficiencies. Finally, somebody I think was actually up there in, in Montpelier, the, the capital, and went to the insurance department for another issue and happened to talk to them about this. And it turned out the sweet little girl who was taking in applications, these are physical, was um, once a week alphabetizing them. <laughs> so Mr. Williams wasn't going to get yeah, yeah, that was, that was that. very quickly, unless that pile went down pretty low. So, right, you know, well, sometimes fine. efficiencies might be. Uh, well, they're worth, worth keeping an eye on. That's that's for sure. Right. So, exactly. uh, look, I mean, believe it or not, I think we're getting close to the end here. But um, anything else that, that you want to talk about that I failed to mention, which wouldn't surprise me if I did. <laughs> Can't imagine. Um, you know, I think it's. It's also I was thinking about goals, you know, that you just turned the calendar. It's August somehow. And it's always a time for me to look back when it's June. Somehow it feels like the year is still in control. Yeah. Um, once July passes, then it's really kind of a to me, it's a look back of, OK, what were those big rocks that I said I was doing this year? Um, I said I was going to tackle my RMA. It's a new certification. Haven't gotten as far as I thought. You know, I was sure that winter was going to be the right time to get there. Because one of the things I find with goals, if they don't have a, a date, right, and they don't have a, I got to have this done yep. by this time. Um, one, you have to tell people you're doing it. Um, and you do have to give yourself some deadlines and, and hard deadlines. Um, I'm trying to learn um, more efficiently to block some time on my calendar. And if I just say prep time or catch up time, it gets yeah. taken. If I say I'm working on this project, then I tend to have less chance that someone else might grab that time right yeah, um, well, and you start to give away that time you start to give right. and that's when you start getting in trouble you're not you're not moving ahead yes um, i keep my calendar open i let people see it and cover it so it has to say hair appointment or yeah. whatever i've got to go do um but uh so you know they can't touch those um but on the other <laughs> side of it they you know <laughs> yeah exactly yours don't take as long uh does that yeah. they shouldn't charge me to cut my hair yeah right <laughs> exactly so, yeah, so well, I'm looking a lot at what I need to get done. And we're already in August. Where's the year going? great stuff. No, no, August is, I feel exactly the same way. I get to August and I get nervous. So this is this is, this is is a month that increases my anxiety like tenfold because I'm like, all oh, the things yeah. I should have done, I'm not far ahead and I have a lot of things to come. Fall's busy and fall's busy, with, fall's busy for all of us. Right. And so much going on. So um, look, it was great to have you again. And thank you for um, guiding our women's conference. That's been, right. that's been a great source of, of pride for us. So we appreciate you uh, doing that. 
that and we'll continue. I want to do sort of a Zoom call with everybody, you know, again. So let's keep awesome. keep that in mind. It's a great group. We've, of weeks. we've come from so group. many different places and it's been such a fun group to interact with. Uh, so I'm enjoying really it. Really fun. Really. It's really, and I think it's really nice to, to be from different types of firms and everything else. It's just a good great way. So thanks a lot, Libet. Appreciate it. Thank thanks you. for your time. Good to catch up. Thanks for joining us this week on An Industry in Transition. Make sure to visit our website, www.advisorhub.com, and subscribe to Advisor Hub. It's free, and you won't miss any advisor news or events. While you're on site, check out all the podcasts available. Click on the Deals Pages and Resources tab for valuable content, or check out the Market section with its guru predictions, latest fintech offerings, you name it. Feel free to email Tony Seriani about specific questions we can address on the show. He can be reached by email at contact at advisorhub.com. Please note that all requests and questions are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for the next Industry in Transition episode.